Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from top CEOs, thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. My intention is to bring you value in every show that sparks an idea, helps you break a limiting belief, or creates thoughts that up-level your life so that you can know from the deepest depths of your soul that everything you want is available to you and that abundance is your birthright. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer, holistically after surgery, without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and exploring spirituality and what it means to be in relationship with Source so that we can feel whole and complete no matter what life throws at us. My specialty in the business world is strategy and leadership, and my gift to each of you is my ability to listen so that I can help others see themselves. In each episode, I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most purposeful and joy-filled life now and enjoy the show. Thank you for coming to the show today. I am super, super excited to bring you this guest. Alex J. Moscow is someone I have known for years, have had the pleasure of working together with and getting a very front row seat to his life. You guys are going to be blown away today. To give you the deets, for the past 12 years, Alex has been in the coaching industry. He specializes in helping coaches and experts create and sell ultra high-end packages, anywhere from 25K to 300K plus, as well as create profitable and experiential live events. He also hosts his own event called Abundance Amplifier, which is a business mastermind meets music festival. Alex and his fiance, Jennifer, co-created the Vision Amplifier Experience, which utilizes guided breathwork, science-based visualization, and intentionally architected musical experience with a live DJ to help leaders and their teams connect to their vision and make it a reality faster. Alex is also known in the industry for showing his clients how to sell and deliver on high-end coaching packages, as well as walk away from their events with seven figures or more. And you can catch more at www.abundanceamplifier.com. Did I say it all right, Alex? Did I miss anything? <laughs> it's always interesting to <laughs> hear your bio just read, uh, especially when we know each other so well. Right. Um, Love it. Yeah. I love it. Like, oh, I love I, it. I've done these things. I love this because I actually want to start off with the fun stuff, right? I got fun facts from you. And I think that they're the funnest place to start because I feel like one of the things I find in common with most successful entrepreneurs is they had similar starts. And when I say similar starts, I mean, they probably sold drugs or they were like their person. At school, they're always into mischief. Very few of them were like the perfect straight A student. So fun fact about Alex, he was arrested by the DEA at 19 years old. That's like the funnest fun fact. Let's let's dive in, Alex. Tell me about that. Wow. It was May 6, 2008. And I uh, was asleep and I was woken up by my window to my bedroom shattering. And my door got kicked down and four men with SWAT gear and assault rifles came into my room and across their chest, it said DEA. And I was thrown on the floor. I was arrested as I was sitting in the backseat of not, not a cop car, like all black, probably not an Escalade, but like SUV, DEA. Wow. Like it was, it was intense. Legit. Yeah, it, it was legit. As I was in the backseat of the, the cop car, I just had to think of like, how, how did I get here? Oh, I went into college with a 4.4 GPA, had super loving parents who like loved me and did the best they could to really provide an amazing childhood to grow up in and a loving family. And they did an incredible job at that. And I'm sitting in the backseat of this DEA car handcuffed and mm. I just can't help but think like, how did I get here? And a memory just flashed in my mind of when I was five years old and I was in, uh, walked in my first day of kindergarten and the teacher moved all of these chairs out of the way. They asked to play a game, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar. And mm. so it's a game to learn everyone's name. As it got to me, I go to say my name and I just go, uh, 
ah, and I just can't say my name. Hmm. And I can feel my face start to flush and there's sweat that starts to drip down my forehead. Hmm. And there just comes a point where I give up and I open my eyes and the whole room erupts in into to laughter and I burst into tears and I just ran out of that room. That was the first experience that I had that really showed me that I had a challenge with my speech, a stutter that I would really have to work through and work with throughout my life. I obviously didn't know that at that point. I was just, you know, the emotion was just so intense. Mm. I didn't know what to do besides just cry and run away. It was so interesting to have that memory flash into my mind. I was in the backseat of that cop car because I really got to see almost like a movie that that experience is when I unconsciously chose to become a high achiever. I chose that Mm. I wasn't good enough, that I couldn't fit in, that something was wrong with me. I always needed to overcompensate. And I saw that play out through middle school, high school. I, I excelled in sports. I got straight A's. It was all to just be accepted. But mm. I, I couldn't accept that myself. I, I couldn't accept those parts of myself. And so as I'm there, I'm 19. I'm in the backseat of this car. And all of that just like cycles through. And I was like, wow, like I wasn't selling drugs for the money. Mm. Like, Did I like the money? Did I party with the money? Of course. I was 19. Awesome. Yeah. Wouldn't change a thing. And really what I saw, though, was it, it was just to be accepted. Like Selling drugs was a great way to meet people. And I know there's a lot of different marketers that listen to your show. And so it's kind of like <laughs> with, for me and growing up with a stutter, like cold traffic, like people I don't know, terrifying. Me being attracted to, to girls and wanting to ask them out, like literally petrifying for me. Warm traffic, on the other hand, affiliate traffic, a warm introduction, crush it, right? <laughs> right. But that was just so like I could see that that all of my decisions were really coming from that place of just not feeling good enough, and so much so that I w- would really break my moral code, you know, for myself to my mm-hmm. family, and I would start to sell drugs. Like my family was giving me money, you know, they were they were supporting me in college. Like I didn't need it. And it showed me that I was willing to literally break the law and get arrested by the DEA just to fit in and to be loved. Ooh, wow. That was the experience. Um, maybe in another episode, we can go into everything that I did in that process and what I learned from business from you know, building that kind of business first. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no thank you for sharing that. Affiliates and building a team. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wholesale, retail. Numbers. No, that's great. That's great. No, I I think this is such a great share. So thank you, first off, for sharing vulnerably and openly, because I think so many times people can look at their past and say, that's all. Maybe they're sitting in some shame around their past because it was a tattered, because it was a challenge, because it doesn't sound like it was perfect. And that shame can keep them from sharing to let other people know that like, hey, life happens. We all don't make perfect decisions all the time. And there's some different paths we can go down. Uh, We also have the power to change our path. We also have the power to make some different decisions and have a different kind of outcome. And I think that's really, you know, the point. The point is, look at you today, right? Like you've helped so many entrepreneurs. We run around so many of the same circles. It's really been so much fun. It's fun to play in this in this circle with you. It's really fun to play on this playground with you. So thank you for that. Well, the other thing I'll say is I feel like you're someone who's been also magnificent at creating play in your life. And the one place I really see it show up is in your relationship. And that's actually what today's topic is really about is love and relationships and how do we integrate fun so that it always feels sparkly. Because I think that's the the thing. People are like, oh, that spark's going to fizz eventually. It's like, okay, but can we respark? Like, what does that look like? And also clearing resentments. I feel like you, you are a pro at this in your relationship that you and Jennifer have this, this nailed down. And I would love for you to share that today with folks because what I want to tell everyone is there is, Alex is going to share probably about stacks. Can we talk about stacks? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about stacks. And what I did is I took what he taught me about stacks and his relationships. And I actually applied it to my folks in business, especially when I have business partners, business brothers, business sisters, business close friends, and it works like magic. And it's been 
pivotal, instrumental, um, even in my own relationships as I rediscover being single again and like what that feels like and walking into new relationships of making that the standard and the beginning versus something, a new boundary that I'm trying to pivot into. So Alex, please, let's let's talk about how you have intentionally constructed a really intentional, beautiful relationship with Jennifer and how you all work through challenges and how you make sure that resentments don't build up. I would say my favorite talking about my relationship with Jennifer is definitely my favorite topic to talk about. It's uh, it's it's the most incredible thing I've ever experienced in my life. It's so catalytic. It's so abundant. It's so profitable. <laughs> it's <laughs> so intimate and connective. It's it's everything. Like it blows my mind every day. We've been together almost six years. Next month we we'll, we have been together for six years, and it keeps getting better every day. I want to start by sharing though that. This is just my own experience in my relationship and really listen from the lens of take the stuff that works and leave what doesn't. I would also challenge you if you the, the things that you think aren't going to work to really see what's underneath that. And if it's like feels true for you and it feels aligned that no, that's not something that I want to do. Great. But if it if you feel that and it feels stretchy because you know that it's uncomfortable, then the invitation is to do it because that's really at the ethos of my relationship with Jennifer is growth. We have a values-driven, vision-driven relationship. And the values are so important. So one of our top values is growth. And we have similar set of values and you know those values can change over we've been together for six years. And sometimes the values are similar, but the priority of what is first sometimes changes. Like we are engaged right now, we're getting married this year. So there's gonna be a shift in alignment in our values, which reflects our life, which reflects how we interact with our inner circle of friends, which reflects our calendar, what we say yes to, what we say no to. So the values piece is super important. And I believe one of the key core energetics of our relationship is growth. And we love growth. And we also know that growth and comfortability are polar opposites. So we lean into those. And there's something that I forget if Jennifer or I shared it, but I'm, I'm going to give her the credit. I think, I think she said it where it's, we know that we're going to work through our shit in any relationship and working through all of my own stuff with her is the person that I want to work through my stuff with mm. for the rest of my life. So, you know, she came up with the concept. I'm just re reiterating it because it just feels so true. So we have the hard conversations fast so that there's ease and there's grace in our relationship. And we're both entrepreneurs. We both run separate companies. We have collaborated on a couple of different projects and companies as well. So there's a lot that goes on in our relationship. We live together. We have a separate office in our house. We both work from home. We are going to a lot of events. We are really active in our community here in Austin. We host parties and events. We go to parties and mass, all, all sorts of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I share all that just to give some context. Uh, like We're two incredibly busy entrepreneurs, and we always make time for our relationship. And that's why it works. Yep. Like We both have the same all-in-ness on our individual growth. I'm a stand for her growth. She's a stand for my growth. Mm. And then we're a stand for our growth as a couple together. There's so much magic in that. And people see it, and they feel it. And it's fucking work. Yeah. But it's the best, most rewarding kind of work. I think a key distinction of what I what I find, especially in my relationship with Jennifer, is there's just such a level of respect on each side. And since we're so connected, there's always the filter in my mind of like, what does Jennifer deserve? You know, mm -hmm. and so how I'm showing up is that in resonance for that. And since she's always growing, it's like that is always growing and changing. And to bring it back to your initial question of how do you keep it sparkly was your terminology. Yeah. How you keep it fresh, how you keep it hot and heavy, how you just keep it exciting and interesting. Part of it is because we're so growth focused, I feel like I've dated, yeah, call it dated. We're engaged now, but <laughs> I've dated works. I've dated four different women in the time we've been together because she's grown and evolved into the next version of herself. And I'm mm. in love, so in love with who she is. And I'm like mind blown by who she's becoming. So it's always fresh. So that's like a key component of the the growth focused relationship as individuals. And this is like also a key distinction of what I found. And we have incredible friends and we've really seen our friends, our peers struggling in a relationship because I think this is my perspective. They do all of the growth stuff together. So distinction in a growth based relationship is we do a lot of stuff separately as well. 
I do a lot of men's work. She does a lot of women's work. You know, for her 30th birthday, she went to this incredible women's retreat. So those two polarities of us doing our own work in those areas are super important. In speaking to the intentionality of this is the year we're getting married, a core component to this year for us is me doing my men's work and going deeper and she she doing or her, she, her, Jennifer doing her (laughs) women's work as well. And then we do our growth work together, obviously, too. But the separation of that is also for men and women, I think is so important. It's so important that we are growing and developing those parts of ourselves to be in relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. And the more work that I do on myself, the more I'm able to relate to her on different levels. And I hear, I see, I feel different, different parts of her come online. Mm. Because part, different parts of me have come online. Yeah, so good. I feel like so many times what happens in relationships is one person is doing the work or maybe both people are doing the work, whatever they define as doing the work. And then at some point, someone either gets busy with kids or busy with work. The other partner is still on their growth trajectory. They're still going to the personal development. They're still reading the books. They're still going to the retreats and the other person stops. You know, has that ever happened? Has that ever shown up where there's a pause because business is just so busy that you don't dive in? Or do you feel like the commitment to development is something that you guys have as like a habit? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So structure creates freedom. And this may be surprising to you, Mary, because you know me very well. Uh, I, I'm not, my core nature is not structured at all. I can vouch for that and 100%. Yeah, like I am highly, I'm highly fucking trained. And that, that's why I am the way I am. But it's not my natural tendency. I used to have so much resistance to structure. I mean, I was arrested by the DA. I like to do naughty things, right? Like, so there's that mismatcher part of me, that mischievous, like, you know, teenager still within me that likes to do naughty shit from time to time. And that part of me also resists structure. What I've really developed within myself and what I've really transformed and grown into is that structure really does create freedom. Like if I really want freedom, which it's always been on my highest values, my maturity level and how I would go about that was by acting out, by going against the grain, you know, just Mm -hmm. for the sake of it. And the more evolved version of myself is structure creates freedom. Jennifer and I have a lot of structure in our relationship just to finish our 21st or 22nd quarterly relationship retreat. But last month, for every single quarter, for 22 quarters in a row, we take three days out of of the quarter to go away together. And we run a retreat for ourselves, which is also really cool because we do it in our businesses. We do it for other people. We host and we run a lot of experiences for our our community. And just to run it for us, is it's so special and it's so exciting. And it's so fun of one of my like greatest passions is to really create epic experiences and to do it for her. Uh-huh. It's my favorite thing in the world. So that's such a, a core key component. When we do annual planning, it's the first thing that goes into our calendar. It's most important. Mm-hmm. I love that. Fun. So good. So good. And on this, I remember you added a quote and the quote was, treat her like she's the one because she just might be. Where did that come from, Alex? Jennifer and I argue over if I found it or she found it. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any other relationships before her that gave you the space to explore so intentionally and to create such an intentional life together? Or do you feel like Maybe before the relationships were more of like, I like you, you like me, or like, oh, we had one really fun night. Let's see how it works and see if it continues to work. Like, you know, like how did those either set you up for success or how were they great lessons of like, wow, I was doing it wrong? As I reflect back on all my past relationships, it's also a reflection of where I was at in life. Mm -hmm. It was a reflection of what I valued. My early 20s, I valued partying, I valued fun, freedom. And so, the partners I attracted in were a reflection of that. There were pros and there were cons, right? So (laughs) an intentionally growth-focused relationship, it wasn't where I was at. It wasn't what I wanted. Like I wanted to go to music festivals and have a ton of fun and, you know, crush in business. So that was just like in my early 20s, that was the mode I was in. So I wasn't looking for like my person or I wasn't looking for, hey, like how can we really grow this life together? Like I was also at the stage of my development. It was like, all right, I have my girlfriend over here. And then I have my business and I do all this other stuff over here. I went through a cycle where, yeah, the three relationships before Jennifer, it was like I would work during the week and 
crush it and do all the things. And then on the weekend, we'd hang out. So mm. she wasn't integrated. Most of my past relationships weren't integrated in, into my life like that. Mm. And it was also a different industry. And like all my past partners were great in their own ways. We just didn't have that in common. And so as I was growing and evolving and business, which was related to my mission, became more important to me. As I got more connected to my mission, I saw that my partners weren't aligned to what my mission was and to where I was heading. That was a key component for me of like, okay, like I'm, this is clear that this, this isn't working. Got it. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that. Let's talk about those stacks because I feel like that's, that's such a gem that if there's nothing else anyone takes away from this call, that this could be life-changing for them, even if they do it in their, just their personal relationships, not even their romantic relationships, just their personal relationships. Yeah. So stacks came from where I believe most brilliant ideas come from. And it was in the Whole Foods parking lot. I actually <laughs> came up with it in a conversation with, with Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I look Whole at Foods. stacks as what are the invisible blockages between you and the other person? It can be a romantic partner. It could be a business partner, whoever that person is. Anything that's unspoken, anything that's withheld creates a stack. If there's an emotional charge that comes up and it's not cleared, that charge stacks. I see it visually of like from your heart mm-hmm. to the other person's heart. Let me give an example. So in relationships, if you're at dinner with your partner and you're in a group setting with friends, maybe there's some drinks flowing and your partner says something that dishonors you, you don't agree with, throws you under the bus, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it may not be appropriate to address it and to clean it up. And so you bite your tongue and you hold it, which totally like sometimes not appropriate to clear the stack. Then if you don't clear it at some point, then those things stack. And it's the thing that was said at dinner. It's the agreement that you made that was broken. It's you said you would. And then it comes to that, you know, you forgot to take out trash and you, you walk inside and you know, your partner blows up at you because it's not about the trash. It's about all of the stacks that have been building up over time that haven't been cleared. And that's any type of like breakdown in communication, in agreement, in an action that made you feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so to have a time and space to clear them is the most important part of this process as a whole. Mm. Because there's some couples that do have those conversations and it's most likely at the most inopportune time. Mm. So the timing and the context is incredibly important. And the invitation to the conversation is like, hey, I'd love to, to talk to you about something. And you can give a little detail if you want. You use your own judgment. When can we carve out like a half an hour? Just so it's clear on what it is and the time frame to talk about a subject like that that's charged versus, you know, if you're an online entrepreneurial couple, maybe, or maybe one of you is and you're at your laptop and then your partner comes in to like have a clearing conversation with you when you're in the middle of something doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Why this also works and is powerful and how it does is because you also have a responsibility of when you are clearing that stack with your partner. And so to like one, make them aware that, Hey, we're going to clear a stack versus just like jumping into it is one of the first steps. The next one would be is when you have that time carved out is the way that you share it, you know? So we don't have time today to go into like a whole framework and process on this, but Mm -hmm. the really high level is that the conversation is around like, hey, when you did this thing, it made me feel this way. So it's not like, hey, you're bad because you did this thing. Right. This high level concept, and I'm not going to go through, yeah, like communication frameworks on how to clear these things because it's just, it's not appropriate for here. But Use your own framework with it. And what you want to make sure just the high level is that you're sharing like what your experience was and how their action impacted you or their lack of action impacted you. Mm-hmm. And what was the result? And then talking about, okay, like what can we do next time? That's what Stacks is. And that's also in a structure that Jennifer and I have a weekly relationship check-in. So every Monday night, we work out, we sauna, we cold plunge, we cook dinner, and then we have our check-in. A part of that check-in includes a space for us to also clear stacks. Mm. So we have that space. And just another like quick distinction is some stacks are perfect to clear in the check-in. Other stacks that may be just more urgent or that they're bigger, like if you if you really feel like you can't wait till that time, then again, schedule that time. The third thing is if it's a stack that may need some additional support, 
that is also very important to be aware of, <laughs> like to get a facilitator for it, to have a therapist facilitate or whatever your structure of support is, even a friend who you trust and is neutral, right? Right, so right. Being able to have those things in place will, will make this process a lot more effective. And this is like anything else. This gets better with implementation. It gets mm-hmm. better with time. How we do it does not have to be how you do it. You, right. Every single couple listening to this wants to, you, like, you want to make it your own and what's going to work for the two of you. So that's just at a high level. So good. And honestly, just the framework, the initial framework of creating an intentional time to sit down together to clear the air. I think that alone, that piece alone is beautiful because it just happens too much where people fight or argue and then they bring up stuff that was from, you know, last year, five years ago whatever has literally been in the stacks. And this is a great way to kind of clean the plate every week, right? And I love that. What would you say is your number one leadership lesson? What's the number one top leadership lesson you've learned in all this time? Whether it's back in your days of rambunctious entrepreneurship or whether it's something that resonates today. So one of my biggest lessons in leadership is around communication. It's that the biggest myth in communication is that it's actually happening. (laughs) So communication only happens when the other person receives it and understands it in the way that you intended it to be communicated. So I'll take that into sales. I think it's it's a tangible process. So when you're enrolling someone into a vision and you're asking questions around what their vision is, what the problem is, you know, what they're looking for. And if you're asking a question and you're not getting the answer that you want back, you ask them a different question. So that's like a concrete example of when you share something and you communicate it. And if it's not received or if it's received incorrectly, it's your job as a leader to be able to ask a different question to invoke what outcome that you're looking for. And so it's a way to be able to make sure that your communication is clear and clear is kind, especially when it comes to leadership. And sometimes clear is it may be hard to share. It may be the uncomfortable thing to share. And or just the, the caveat, it can be clear and compassionate, too. So just knowing that in the lesson to wrap it in a bow is if you're not getting the response from your communication, it's on you. Like if you think no one listens to you or no one understands you, then you have a responsibility in that as well to craft your communication in a way that actually lands. And a simple way to do that is after you share something, say, hey, what are you hearing in that? Hey, I'm curious. You know, what are you hearing in what I'm sharing? Like if you're a coach or consultant, or even if you're consoling a friend or helping a friend, like if you give advice or anything like that, ask, hey, what are you hearing in this? You know, what are you taking away? That's just a small communication tool that will allow you to hear and see what's happening in your communication, how it's landing, what parts of it are landing. Because oftentimes you get so much data. It's like, all right, I mm-hmm. thought the most important thing was this, and they're saying it was something completely else. So that's right. Take that into also your romantic partnership, right? Like to mm. hear what you share and to hear what they hear. It's very, very, very insightful. Yeah, so good. This is my very favorite question to ask my guests. And this one, I would love for you to answer in the context of love and relationships. And I want to invite you to also answer it in terms of leadership and coaching, since uh, that's the space you're in. My question for you is, what do you know now that you wish you had known before you got into your relationship as well as your business? What the power is of going all in. We've been together for six years now about, and we got engaged a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I didn't think that things were going to change that much when we got engaged. Like We were super set. We talked about marriage. We talked about kids. We talked about spending the rest of our lives together for a long time. And in my masculine mind, I'm like, great, nothing's going to change. And you know, this is, I love this. It keeps getting better and better. And yay. And when we got engaged, just the our relationship was already like so mind blowing, and the all inness of really like even though we were obviously all in and like we weren't thinking about others or and all that stuff, just the 
the commitment and the symbolism and what that meant was something that I couldn't really have imagined. I completely didn't expect it at all. I didn't expect our relationship to change at all when we got engaged and then getting married. Yeah, it's all it's all gonna be the same. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. How I have also seen her transform as a result and the different parts of her that came online has been the most beautiful thing that is so energy rich and transformative for me and supportive to allow me to grow into the man that I'm here to become. Mm. And so that commitment, it was something that I couldn't have expected that it would even take our relationship to incredibly new heights when it was already just like so mind blowing. Mm. And it really grounded me into my mission and legacy as a, a man as well. I didn't expect that to happen. And it wow. has been one of the most catalyzing things in my life. Mm, I love that. Super rich. Super rich. That was delicious. Thank you, Alex. What would you say is, uh, especially for coaching, because I feel like there's a lot of people out there interested in coaching, trying to be a coach. What is a little nugget of wisdom you can give to those folks? You know, What do you know now that you wish you had known before you got started? So in business, what I wish I would have known when I first started is to really stay aligned and true to my vision versus what other people's visions were and what mm -hmm. I saw other people have. I spent so much of my career following mentors and amazing thought leaders and great people. And I was chasing their version of their dreams, not mm -hmm. my own. And so it worked to do that until it didn't. My first seven figures that I hit, it was when I had an amazing mentor who told me I could go from making 600 grand a year to 600 grand in a weekend. And I was like, that's a great offer. I'll take you up on that. So I hired her <laughs> and she was amazing. And after I did that, she was like spot on. I did 612,000 for my first medium scale event with like 70 people. And afterwards, I looked at my this calendar and to, to do that event, to put it together, to change the structure of my programs, it required just more people and more team. And I looked at everything 90 days later and I was like, wow, my profit? I was taking home way more when I just had an assistant and I was doing a half million bucks. <sighs> and so I was following other people's advice, which obviously do, who are further ahead of you, who you respect and obviously all those things. And I didn't filter it through my own lens of, is this what I really want? Is this the vision that I really want to build? And so I looked at my life and I was like, wow, like I'm working way more. I'm making way less. I have way more complex problems to solve with more people and more team and everyone's personalities. And I'm so grateful for that experience of like growing a big team and leading a big team and doing it that way. And it all started from me going after something that I saw someone else have and I didn't make it my own. And so when I really looked at it, I was like, wow, like my mentor who's amazing, but she works all the damn time. I don't mm -hmm. want to work that hard. You know, she like loves what she does and she spends a lot of time in her business. And I was like, I like my life. I like to, you know, I pump energy to my relationships. I like to have fun, go to music festivals, spend time with family. And I was like, wow, I'm working like almost twice as much. Yes, I have higher top line revenue, but my profit was significantly less. Mm -hmm. And so what I wish I would have known is that to really pay attention to profit and to really put profit first. And to also make sure that my vision of what I'm doing is aligned to the strategy. Because I wasn't optimizing my business to grow it bigger, bigger team, bigger top line to inflate numbers to possibly sell it. No, that was not my vision at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wanted a very profitable, lifestyle-friendly business that made a big difference in the world and didn't take a ton of my time. And to have yeah, an awesome small core team to help you know, run the organization, and that part's important to me too. But I just didn't build it in the way that I wanted to. I was chasing, I did it in trying to model some, someone else in their vision and their life. I didn't want their business. Mm -hmm. I respected, but I didn't want their life. And so yeah. to really make sure that the vision for my life was what my business was fueling. So good. Yes. And yes, I will share with you all a story that definitely is right along the same vein. I am fairly notorious for my time at Digital Altitude. This is the company that I got sued with. And I can say that as painful as that experience was, what makes it even more painful 
is I remember there being a time where I sat down with the CEO after we did our first year, 36 million. And he looked at me and said, I don't love this. And that was like, wait, what? We just created all of this in a PDF and actually made it come to life. And it grew so fast and so big and you don't love it. And it's because he loved the travel and he loved the intimacy of smaller groups and like that real live, like one-on-one work with people and small group work with people where you could really see impact and really help them move the needle. And now he was just in meetings all the time and trying to make decisions. And that was out of his element. It was like, he's like, I just kind of want to be a sales guy again. You know, like he remembered the good old days where now he had lots of time to go take three months off with his family in the summer. and It was no big deal. And so I think there comes a time where it's really important to also not be, like you said, not be chasing someone else's dreams to get really clear. When I get on the phone with a CEO that wants to work with me these days, one of my first questions is, so tell me why you're building your business. Because if they are building it to sell, well, then that's a much different goal than someone who is building it to create a certain lifestyle or a a lot of freedom that they're looking for. And how much time are we talking about? Can you run a big corporation and have time freedom? You can, but probably not in the first few years. So it's really interesting to understand where questioning should go for people. And honestly, if you're a CEO out there, if you're someone who's about to start a thing, you're someone in the middle of your thing, if you're someone who is trying to redo your thing, this is an excellent time to stop yourself and really think about what is it that you're building? Why are you building it? And why is it so important that you build it that way? Because I think many people will find that if freedom is their high value, definitely one of mine, I like my freedom, then this grind and this hustle and this being in the throes of your operation every day or running back-to-back events, that's not going to feel very energizing. And it's okay to stop and look around and go, okay, I need to find someone else that does it in this way of kind of ease and flow that resonates with me. And maybe that's the person I want to model. I want to go get some nuggets and some wisdom from that person so that I can run this in a way that feels good. And the same, if you want to build a big empire and that feels good, you know, you want to see your name up on the Inc. 500 list or whatever floats your boat, then, hey, go go get it. You know, go get your goal. Go get your dream. Yeah. I just got to share that when you get there, when you get to the goal, the fulfillment will be there if fulfillment is the energetic in which it was created from. Because I believe that everything that is created is felt in the energetic of what it was sourced from. Mm. So I'll speak to it like this. So many entrepreneurs who I've met, I've been friends with, I've been one of them. We build our business to get away from an insecurity that we had. For me, Mm. having a stutter, not fitting in, not being listened to, Obvious, I think, in my story that I've grown, you know, coaching and speaking business where I've spoken on the most top stage in the world have had me and so grateful for that. And to be able to make the difference with my voice, with my message, a big part of that was to like show everyone, you know, to show all those school kids and all of that. Like that fueled me to get to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And that fuel works until it doesn't. The challenge that I see is that. So many people are still on, they've been on that fuel for 20, 30, 40 years. And I think we all know someone who becomes ultra successful and gets to the end, sells the company and they're miserable or there's an addiction or there's an affair or there's a mental breakdown or something like that happens. And I'll share like this with my clients is that you can't fill that hole in your heart that your mom or dad left Mm -hmm. with growing your bank account more and more exponentially. You can try Mm -hmm. at some point it's going to break. You got to address what's inside. And business is one of the most powerful personal development mirrors because you will get the experiences and the lessons that you need to learn in your life in your business. I believe we don't have business problems. We have personal problems that show up in our business. And how we handle those, it's the curriculum that life is presenting to us to grow and evolve. Absolutely. Again, super rich, super delicious. I knew that that's how this conversation was going to go, Alex. 
Thank you so much for imparting your wisdom today. I really appreciate it. Any last thoughts or musings floating around in your head that you want to leave our audience with today? Yeah, I'd pose a question of how can you have more fun? I believe fun is one of the most underutilized energetics and emotions that, especially with entrepreneurs, just don't utilize and leverage. If you have a, a client business where you serve clients, if your clients have more fun, do you think that they will stay longer? If your clients are choosing between you and, a, and your top competitor and the choice is about the same, but yours is more fun, who are they going to choose? Right? Mm-hmm. So to give it in a little bit of business context, kind of preframe that, fun is, it's, it's fun. It's joyful. It's a part of the human experience and mm-hmm. business can be fun. These conversations are super fun. And so I just would encourage you to look at how can you have just a little more joy and a little more fun in your life. The challenge would be is if you did, if you did that for just do it for a week, do it for a week. You can write a little sticky note, stick it to your laptop or on your bathroom mirror. How can you have a little more fun today? How can you create a little more joy? So good. I was just having this conversation with someone this weekend because we were talking about how we were not motivated by money. Meaning like we didn't just show up and roll up into our businesses and we were like, how can I make tons of money? Like that's never been our motivation. We were both very fun motivated. And I said, yep, I've always followed the fun. And I was like, oh, these entrepreneurs are fun. Let me, let me go, let me go over here. How can I get in where I fit in? And like, oh, is there a skill I can bring to this world? And oh my gosh, I'm actually an entrepreneur. Look at that. And all the fun discoveries that have come along by just picking that thing, that joy, that passion, that thing that actually gets me excited. And fun is definitely at the top of my list long before the checks get written. And I found that money followed the fun. And that was a really, really great discovery for myself. And actually, before we go, Alex, more importantly, I definitely want to talk about Abundance Amplifier. Obviously, I get to help in this way of crafting this with you. And I'm super excited about all the fun that you also have in store there in turn and also love and relationships, business and communication, like all the things that we really talked about today, we're actually going to get an opportunity to give people that experience. So talk to me a little bit more about what is Abundance Amplifier, who should be there and what do people need to know? So Abundance Amplifier, it's definitely a lot of fun. And really the ethos of it is I see this as the vision for it is that this is the flagship event for high level entrepreneurs that value growth in every area of their life. So they not just they don't just want to just have a great, successful, highly profitable business. They want to have really deep, intimate relationships with their partner and be a great role model for their family. And they care about their health and their longevity and their energy physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And they want to be around people who are doing the same and who have those same values and aren't too spiritual to have a cocktail or to have some fun in their own ways and dance to music till 2 a.m. and all that kind of stuff. So it's really an experience that I've designed from going to literally hundreds and hundreds of events, from running hundreds of events myself, from all of the top business masterminds that I'm so grateful to have had access to and a bit a part of for 12 years now to all of the dozens and dozens of music festivals that I've been to over the past 15 years, to also the best stuff from the transformational retreats of growing up with a stutter and being able to grow and scale a seven-figure business and teaching people how to do the same thing with speaking and selling. I've been able to do that because of my personal and spiritual growth. And so I've gone to uh, Rhythmia you know, in Costa Rica, plant medicine retreat there. Jennifer yes. and I have the honor of being speakers there. So I'm taking all of the best of the best from everything that I've learned. Like the event itself is going to be outside, like no stuffy windowless seminar rooms. It'll be out in nature. There will be incredible people there. So Abundance Amplifier is for entrepreneurs, leaders, artists who really want to grow and excel in every area of their life. They want to have a great, highly profitable business that really fuels their lifestyle and their mission. They want to optimize their physical health and get access to the top longevity and biohacking tools and resources. They really care about their relationship. They want to grow and be the best romantic partner, or they want to attract in who their person is. So it's an event that's designed for, again, the person that wants to have it all. And the experiences are designed and curated to that level as well. So each day is themed. The first day is all around vision and values. So 
Jennifer and I will lead our vision amplifier experience, which yes. Mary touched on at the beginning, which is our guided breath work with science-based visualization and an intentionally architected musical experience that I DJ and mix live. And we've been so, so, so fortunate and grateful to have led it all over the world to organizations like Entrepreneurs Organization. We've led it for Amber Spears, Mimosa uh, Mastermind, which is now Four Rooms, mm-hmm. which we've led it in Cabo and in Miami. And we're so excited to start off with this because it will really help to connect everyone at the event to what is their next big vision and why is it important to them. And to do that in a group of really curated, awesome, epic entrepreneurs, there's something magical that happens from that. Because I believe we learn from hearing other people's vision of, oh, I didn't even know Mm -hmm. that that was available for me. Right. Right. You're doing what? Wait, you want what? So the community is such a big aspect of who's there. And I got this from Joe Polish of it's not necessarily most valuable of who's in the room. It's most valuable for who's not in the room. There's an application so process. I look through every single uh, application and yeah, it's important. I really, I've done this for 12 years and curating community is one of my biggest passions. And I know one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. So it's really important that there's a values alignment, that it's someone who really is open-minded to growing and is open to hearing about topics like psychedelic medicine. We're going to be bringing in some of the top facilitators who are really moving that whole movement forward. And what are the results in the clinical trials that's happening? And this opening up people's perspective that there's a different way to live this life. Mm. And it's really for the entrepreneur who wants to have that abundance in every area of their life, not just in their business. The second day is all around love and leadership. So how are we leading ourselves? How are we leading our partner? How are we leading our communities? And then also... What does it all mean if we're not actually sharing it with the people we care about most? That day will all be around. If you're single, we'll have workshops for you. If you're in a committed relationship, we'll have workshops for you as well. And all of the music is themed around love. And it's like that every day. So the musicians that come in, the DJs, the performers, whether they're playing on a guitar, it's spoken word or conscious hip hop, it will all be themed and tied in an elegant bow of creativity to really give everyone there just an experience of art and to really have the embodied feeling of their vision of what that dream relationship looks like or to make their relationship into to expand it even further. So that's the second day. The third day is all around collaborations and community. Or excuse me, the third day, that's the fourth day. The third day <laughs> is all around your health and your peak performance cannot reveal who the confirmed speakers are yet, but we have some of the top people in biohacking, uh, someone who has like really led the charge in the entire industry to come and share what is the newest transformational tech and biohacking tech for the body, you know, with stem cells and NAD and all these different compounds and tools that are becoming more available so that we can live longer. We can operate at higher levels. We can have more mental clarity and focus. We can get better sleep easier. So there'll be all that there. It'll be highly experiential. We'll have cold plunges, saunas, everything will be optional, but highly encouraged. Mm-hmm. I've been IVs, massages. I, I know how to take care of my people. So yes. that's what the second day is about, or the third day, excuse me. Then the last day, again, is around collaborations and community. So we'll have uh, a panel of the top community leaders in the entrepreneurial space. You know, those who've been in it for 20 plus years and have built some of the strongest entrepreneurial organizations uh, in the world. And we'll be talking about how do we lead our own communities there? And what are the best ways that we can do that? And also how to have the hard conversations of when, when do we kick someone out of the community? Like what is everyone's process for that? That's what the last day will be about. And we'll end with really strategic connections as well, where you'll fill out an intake form. Uh, I will look at all the intake forms and I will pair you with custom lunches with the people who can help you most. If you're looking for a partnership, if you're looking for a coach, if you're looking for an, an uh, ads agency, a joint venture stages, like we'll curate those connections for uh, everyone at the event. And it's intensely on the last day. So you get to spend three days with people before you really get to know them on a much deeper level before we talk about business, which we will. It's encouraged. This is not a don't do business event. Like this is mm-hmm. a really get to know the human being and then make your decision if you're going to do business with them or not event. The workshops will be really bite-sized, actionable, experiential. The nights are all, it turns into a giant music festival. (laughs) And so the production, the lasers, the sound system, you can guarantee will be spot freaking on. I will guarantee it will be the funnest entrepreneur event that you've ever been to. That's my guarantee. Ooh, I like that guarantee. I like it. Well, I love fun. So of course I will be there. 
And I will say this, you know, you are one of those people that I, I think one of the reasons it's easy to be friends with you, Alex, is because there are some similar alignments when it comes to just some of the biohacking, cold plunges and plant medicine and just the desire to want to grow and be more and also to show up authentically and also show up truthfully. So I think that there's just so many juicy ways that we get to play together. And of course, that others are going to be able to experience you by uh, coming to Abundance Amplifier and of course, meeting your juicy circle of friends and to see what that all transpires to be and catapult the rest of this year. So I'm really excited. Uh, Let's throw out those dates again, April 19th through the 22nd in uh, Texas. Yes. Houston, Texas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It'll be great. The weather should be beautiful and it's going to be a good time. So hope everyone will join us. Hope to see you there. Thank you, Alex. Can you give us the easiest way to get in touch with you for all of our listeners today? They want to reach out. They want to know you better. They want to know more about you. Where do they go? Best place is Facebook. Facebook.com slash Alex J Moscow, A-L-E-X-J-M-O-S-C-O-W. Facebook.com slash Alex J Moscow. Awesome. Thanks for that, Alex. Thanks for being our guest today. Uh, I love you, man. I think you're just a super amazing human and cheers to being friends. Uh, Love you too, Mary. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me at www.maryd.com. That's M-A-R-Y-D-E-E.com. Follow and like us at Facebook or Instagram at the Mary D. That's the T-H-E Mary D. M-A-R-Y-D-E-E. 